Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber. It is a pleasure and a privilege to have you tuning in with us today. And it is a pleasure and a privilege as well to have Ronald Norad, assistant coach from the Hornets, with us as well. Coach, how are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be on, and uh, congrats to you. Looking forward to meeting you uh, whenever we can, whenever uh, the NBA rules allow us to get together. This is such a weird time. I mean, there's a, a lot of new faces in Charlotte. You obviously get to meet the ones on the team, but what has it been like navigating a pandemic and having all the comings and goings that happen naturally in the NBA? Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, I think after many months of having to adjust life to to deal with this pandemic you kind of realize you're signing up for something a little different you know even as we go about our day-to-day in the nba and from how you enter the building to get tested and having to wait outside to come in to wearing masks all over the building to traveling on the road and wearing masks on the airplane and having four buses instead of two and you know all these little things you know having to go through the back door to get into the hotel as opposed to go right to the front so there's all these different things that are that are new to us, but you know I think if 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 we can't be flexible in this time, then we're going to have a hard season. And we've already seen the impact here on the NBA with games needing to be postponed. The bubble worked so smoothly. I don't think anyone thought we would have the same success rate with no cases in a non-bubble environment. But what are your expectations and how the schedule is going to need to be manipulated to finish off or or just get through this season? Yeah, I give a lot of credit to the NBA here. I think, you know, they've tried to, number one, protect us and protect those that will be around, you know, our families. And so give them a lot of credit there. I think what they've done with the schedule, things like playing the same team twice. Uh, we had the opportunity to do that in preseason, playing Toronto twice at home, Orlando twice on the road. 
um, doing things like this to ensure the sh- safety of all the players, staff, you know, game ops people. Um, I think they've done a great job with that. And, you know, I'm happy with the way they lay out the schedule. And it'll be interesting, you know, once the back half of the schedule re- is released as well, you know, who has to make up games, when you have to make up games, how we're going to make up games, things like that. Um, you know, like I said, the biggest thing I think in this whole thing is for all of us to be flexible and kind of roll with the punches, you know, and I think obviously being uh, safe is most important. With all of the challenges that come with this unique season, how good did it feel to be back in the gym and to be to a somewhat normalish routine? Oh my gosh. Like it was, <laughs> we were, we were all losing our minds, pulling our hair out. I don't have that much hair, but I was pulling it out um, just from, you know, not being able to be on the court. Like we, uh, we obviously didn't go to the bubble. And so it was great to watch other teams participate in the bubble just to have some NBA basketball on. But, you know, for the first time getting out there and, you know, even though there was no fans, we, we can't wait to have the fans back. But the opportunity just to be on the floor uh, and the thankfulness at which you go about your job, knowing what's going on in our world and our country, uh, it, it was a pretty special moment. And to be honest with you, they've all been special. They all feel good. A lot of the buzz behind the Hornets team this season has to do with the new additions. And in particular, your former college teammate Gordon Hayward is now here in the Queen City. Did you think you would ever be coaching your former teammate prior to this coming in together? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never did I think that. Uh, man, I tell you what, I was uh, I was excited when I heard that uh, we were a potential destination for him. And I'm not kidding. I literally ran around in my house screaming once I saw the Woj tweet that he was coming. And so this is pretty special. Um, you know, we came into school together now 11 years ago, I think. And, you know, to be back together and compete together again, obviously we're in different roles than we used to be. He's kind of in the same role. He's, he's kind of the best player like he was then. But uh, I'm in a different role and um, it's fun to just be back together. So uh, this is a pretty special for us. It's good to know that Woj Bombs have the same impact on coaches as it does on the rest of us. You, you touched on that dynamic. What is it really like? Because I think a lot of people would assume it's difficult to coach a former teammate. Or from Gordon's perspective, maybe it's difficult to be coached by someone who was a former teammate. So how do you guys you know, navigate the dynamic that it, it's a long-term friendship? It always will be. You always have those memories from the locker room. But now you are in different roles. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely see why that seems uh, to be it could be kind of weird or awkward, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I think the thing that we we automatically have is a rapport. So there's a level of trust and depth that uh, we can have with one another, and honesty that we can have with another. To be honest with you, that you know, at times you can't have with other players just because you know you just don't know them as well, or there's just a different relationship there. So. Uh, number one, that's pretty cool that we have that. Um, the, the second thing is, um, Gordon is a, in this situation specifically, Gordon is an high intellect um, player, and he wants things to be right. So he doesn't care who's coaching him, how they're coaching him. He just wants to be coached, and he wants to uh, be good and be better. And so that makes it a little easier for me to, you know, point out things, if it's him specifically or our team specifically, uh, the group that he's on the court with, to point those things out. Um, he's not afraid to have honest conversations in that. So if, if he disagrees with me, we can disagree with one another and, and come to a uh, an agreeable point through that. And lastly, uh, I think I said this to Rick Bunnell uh, the other day, is that I used to have to coach Gordon when I played with him. Like, that was kind of my job, was to get on Gordon, tell him what he wasn't doing right, and uh, and kind of kick him in the pants if he needed it. So there's not a lot of difference than what we were doing when we were 18 and 19 playing together. He's had quite the journey in his career from – first round pick and all-star to 
being a big free agent addition in Boston and having that unfortunate injury, working his way back, being one of a collection of really great talents where you know he wasn't necessarily going to have to be the number one option each and every night to now come to a team where maybe you know the the hope and expectation is he can have more of that high usage rate how does he look to you so far what role do you think he's best able to fit in right now he looks great to me i mean he he looks he looks like he's already at a high level um you know even after his injury uh, in the playoffs there in Boston, he had some rehab there. Um, you know, he, he looks good. And, you know, I think for for us, uh, number one, we need him to be a go-to guy. And I think that's part of the reason he signed up to come here. Part of the reason that we have him is to be a go-to guy. The thing about that, though, as well, is we can put the ball in his hands to make great plays for other people. For him, it's not about just scoring, you know, 25, 30 points. I think he had 28 points against Cleveland. It's not just about that for him. For him, it's about on a given offensive possession, can we get the best shot, the best look? He's willing to create that, whether that's in passing, screening, or or him scoring. And I think to have a guy of his caliber to have that type of mindset really helps your whole group. Um, We don't have to coach uh, moving the ball and playing for one another as deeply because your best guy just already does that. And we can really use him um, as our example of how we want to play. More of my conversation with Hornets assistant coach Ronald Norad coming up in just a moment, but I want to remind you that the buzz is building and season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season are already available. Guarantee your price now. Call 704-HORNETS or head to hornets.com to secure your season tickets today. Ronald Norad, Hornets assistant, our guest here on the Hornets Hivecast Ronald, you, personally, your second child is due any day, maybe any hour at this point. Uh, you know, the Haywards have some experience with multiple kids in the house. Are you getting any coaching from Gordon on how to juggle? Not yet, but I'm definitely going to need it. I'm going to need all the help we can get, especially uh, as we do this during the season. I need all of Hornets Nation to pray for my, my wife. As she's, uh, as I'm going to be traveling around the country uh, coaching basketball games, and she's going to be stuck at home with a with a toddler almost three years old and a newborn. So she's going to need a lot of a lot of prayers. We're, we are definitely rooting for you. Going back to basketball, the other major addition to the team in the off season is Lamelo Ball, picked third overall. What was your impression of him before he was drafted? Were you watching Ball and the family religiously, or did you pay much attention to his highlights? I have not watched one episode of Ball in the Family. I probably needed to tell him that. But uh, I have not watched one episode of Ball in the Family. Um, You know, he actually, his team before he got to the NBA, the Illawarra Hawks, my best friend uh, played, had two stints with that team. And so because of my, you know, because of him, I kind of followed that team on Twitter and kind of kept up with them even as he's he's left there. And so through that, um, I – I kind of saw what was going on with LaMelo and, and saw some highlights. I knew his head coach um, from when I went, went and visited the team a couple of years ago. So I had some familiarity with the organization. And so just following him and kind of watching him uh, just from afar, not a ton. Um, I was obviously extremely intrigued just with his natural instincts, um, his natural ability. Um, you know, he's got a lot that you can't teach offensively and defensively. And that showed pretty well in Australia, and, and it showed pretty well here um, as we've gotten them starting after the draft. What are one or two things that are the biggest focuses for you working with him in his rookie season? 
I think number one is the familiarity with the NBA game. Uh, this is an interesting time for rookies, right? Like they got drafted and pretty much had to come play right away. No work, no summer workouts, no summer league. So number one is just, um, you know, familiarity with the game. Um, it's going to click for him so fast because um, he loves to learn. He loves watching film. Um, he wants to get better, and he loves playing the game and working on his game. And that's a lot of fun for me as, as we come to work every day um, that he does that with a smile on his face. The next thing is, you know, just understanding shot selection, shot-making ability, and finding areas where he can be most successful scoring the ball. He's got the ability to do it at multiple levels. Um, you know, the benefit to him, and I've told him this, the benefit to him is that he's playing with a couple guys that have already proven that they can score in the NBA. He's playing with, you know, Devontae Graham, who's averaged 18 a game. Terry Rozier, who's averaged 18 a game. Gordon Hayward, that's averaged 18 plus, you know, season, well, and their times in the NBA. And so the pressure on him is not to come out and score 20 points a game as the third pick overall rookie, right? He's got guys that can facilitate, that can help him with that. Um, And so to help him understand where his spots are in relation to other people's, um, I think is another piece of the game that we've talked about and that we're working on. And, And again, the great part about him is he loves to learn. He's a sponge. He soaks it all up. He loves watching film. And so I think that transition for him is going to be pretty smooth. Is it different at this you know era to have such a high draft pick, have such a unselfish nature to him with the basketball? Because it feels like most people who are drafted in the lottery, uh, or especially in the top five, they're scorers or have a scoring mentality. Not that LaMelo doesn't, but he certainly seems happier to have the lob on an alley-oop than to knock down a three. He loves to pass. I mean, that that is... It's similar to Gordon in a way, right? Like, uh, obviously two different players, but Gordon also loves to pass. So to add another guy that just loves to pass, man, that is passing. I I don't think people understand the casual fan, even, you know, sometimes, you know, certain programs and coaches and organizations understand how important passing is. And so to have guys that are willing to pass and then can do it at the – extreme level that he can. I mean, I, he's one of the best passers I've ever been around in my life. Um, to have a guy who likes to pass and then the ability to do it at any moment in tight windows and tight spaces and see things that other people can't, it's just a potent com- combination that uh, that we're really fortunate to have. Ronald, for you personally as a coach, you mentioned earlier, you know, feeling you were, you were coaching Gordon when you were teammates with him at Butler. When did you know that this was the path you wanted to go on? I knew I wanted to coach when I was in high school. Um, I never, I didn't even, couldn't have even imagined that this would be the path that I was on. Um, obviously, getting the opportunity to play for Brad Stevens and him coming to the NBA is, is how I got involved in the NBA in general. And so I'm super grateful to him and, and, and some of the people along the way, uh, people that I worked with in Boston and Brooklyn and now here uh, to be where I am now. But coaching something that I always wanted to do, um, the NBA – was never on my radar, uh, but I'm fortunate that, you know, Brad Stevens brought me along. And you also coached in the G League and in high school originally. How did those experiences help make you a better coach for today? Wow. They definitely shaped my coaching probably more than any point. You know, I was a head high school coach actually at Gordon Hayward's High School, Brownsburg High School, my first year out of college. And, you know, I'm 22 years old coaching at the 16th biggest high school in the state of Indiana with a lot of really good coaches that have been around for a long time and, you know, had to figure it out um, on the fly, feet in the fire right away. And then had a similar experience um, in Long Island when I was the head coach of Long Island, um, you know, at 26 years old. I did two years there. And, you know, the thing that I thought there was I thought that I was a pretty good coach and 
my first game as the head coach of Long Island, um, we got beat by 40. And I realized how important it is to remain humble, uh, to coach with humility, to work um, with humility, uh, as if you don't have it all figured out. And, you know, and, and that really has shaped me um, moving forward and it's helped me be a better coach. Was Gordon more on your case about things you did when you were a teammate of his on the court or how you were handling his alma mater as its high school head coach? Uh, that, that, I mean, I, I heard that, no, that we, we're going to have to sit down for another podcast at some, <laughs> at some point because I did some things as I was, I was the head coach of his high school that, uh, that don't, reflect, uh, don't reflect well on me that are just funny um, that we'll talk about another time. But definitely, uh, he, he definitely ragged on me a little bit more as teammates than uh, than when I was the high school coach of his, uh, the head coach of his, his alma mater. You know, he was deep in the NBA at that point, and you know, I think he was trying to just figure out how he could be a better NBA player than trying to figure out what I was doing at Brownsburg High School. Well, we at least have something to look forward to for our, our next conversation. I'll I'll end this one on this: your expectations for this 2020-2021 season, given the fact that there are two big new additions. Last season ended really strong with the win over Miami. However, the national media hasn't projected the Hornets to have a ton of wins. What What do you expect? Yeah, I think I think our biggest thing is not to focus on any of that. Um, our, our biggest thing is just to focus on ourselves. Um, you know, having the new additions in a short turnaround, um, number, the number one thing I think is us figuring each other out and fitting in together. And I think as we build that, uh, we will be able to do some things that maybe people don't expect um, that over time that we will that we expect of ourselves, whether that's, you know, scoring, you know, a certain amount offensively, shutting certain teams down defensively, uh, beating certain teams that people don't think we should that we should beat. Um, I think we have an excellent coaching staff. I think we have excellent players with excellent buy-in. And to be honest with you, I think if, if we were to put a number on it or, or you know, to sum it up, you know, we're, we're limiting ourselves. I think our whole thing is, you know, how can we push ourselves to be the best we can be? And whatever that turns into, that turns into. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Good luck with the season. Good luck with the baby. And uh, hopefully, like you said, we'll be doing this in person next time. Thanks, Sam. Looking forward to it. And our thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Tomorrow we'll be getting you ready for Hornets at Mavericks. See if Charlotte can capitalize off the big win over Brooklyn and turn it into a win streak. Until then, for everyone here on the Hornets Hivecast, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we will talk to you next time. 